Hello, everyone, and welcome to the last episode for June of the Layovers podcast. I can't believe we're already two themes in, so July's is going to be announced very, very soon. So for episode nine, Ifama shares a story about how chasing the addictive high of situationships led to a sobering crash that made her reevaluate her definition of love. I hope you guys enjoy episode nine of the Layover podcast, Chasing the High. For as long as I can remember, I've relentlessly pursued the affection of the opposite sex. I can recall every crush by name, describe with vivid depiction the intensity of emotions I held for each and every one, often stopping myself mid-daydream. God, you were so immature. There were always red flags. You should have listened to your sister. See, addiction is a weird thing, typically taking form in unsuspecting ways. My first kiss was with a boy in sixth grade, in the last row of a pitch-black movie theater. My palms were sweating, my heart racing. Colorful images on a large screen projected loud voices. Maybe it was a Tyler Perry movie? The images were blurred and the sound muffled, so who knows? I was too fixated on the curvature of his full brown lips inching closer to mine, till they touched. It was after this kiss that I can consciously remember wondering how I had existed on this planet for 13 years, deprived of this feeling. Like a drug addict after their first high, I chased this feeling for years. There was Daniel, Zach, the Miguel, after that, Carlton, my first real relationship. Then a Nigerian, an Indian, almost a white boy, but nah. Lauren, Sean, Jay, back to the Nigerian, Jay, Keese, TJ, Andre, Kelvin, then Jay again. My name is Ify, and I've been hooked on situationships like a crackhead in the 80s. That would be my intro to situationship AA. The truth is, I have to have my fix. I've had the interventions, the begging please to break the cycle. I've voluntarily and unintentionally lost friends, lied and distanced myself from family, lost money and time, been strung out and labeled a lost cause. And after each failed attempt, I've told myself I'd get clean. I'd focus on myself just to be tempted and relapse again. This time, this time is different. I thought as I adjusted my phone screen to find the best angle of myself on FaceTime, he could really be the one. I was admiring the chiseled curvature of Kelvin's body, sweat dripping down his stomach, shirtless, having just come home from a run. He picked up the phone and was staring silently. What? I said. You look beautiful. I miss you. I can't wait for you to be here. His words were like a shot of pure dopamine to my system. The drug I longed for finally given again at last. Yesterday's affection was not enough to sustain me, so I'm thankful for this. I needed this. He likes me. He really likes me. Kelvin slid into my DMs a few months prior, and things were going fairly well. He lived in Detroit, and I was in New York, but I had finally found a person to hold me over, so I was determined to make it work. Nightly FaceTime check-ins and daily text messages when I was away. I'd fly home, and we'd be cuddled up on a couch for entire weekends, discussing our separate lives, trying to find common ground. Some time had passed, and we had gone from talking to sleeping together to dating, and the what are we, conversation was up next. I really love hanging with you. I mean, you're great. And I just, I I just don't think I'm ready for something serious. I'm not in the place to commit in the way that you want me to. I'm sorry if that comes off selfish, but why don't we just take some time apart, let this breathe, give it time to be what it's going to be or what it's not going to be. 
Oh, hell no. I need this. I gotta have this. I've worked too damn hard for this. What the hell am I gonna do if I lose this? Like a true addict, I had stopped listening to the words that came out of his mouth and began scouring my brain to think of all my other suppliers. Ways I could sustain my high until I found another solution. Keys, uh, Andre, nah. Jay. Now, I love Jay. Like, love, love Jay. He's honest, forthright, and doesn't really entertain my bullshit. And we have a real connection. There's few men that open me up the way Jay does. I've laid bare the scars in my past, and he's nursed them in ways I didn't think were possible. This could be dangerous, but I'm desperate and addicted. Ify, you know how I feel about you. We cannot keep doing this. You need to take time for yourself. Really be by yourself. You gotta give this time and let it be whatever it's gonna be or what it's not gonna be. These are some of Jay's last words before he hung up the phone. Sobriety is new for me. It's been about 50 days since my last high. Every part of me wants to go back to what I was doing. And then there's a part of me that knows it will eventually kill me if I do. Not physically, at least, but in every other way necessary to be a functioning human being. Like withdrawal, I find myself curled up in the fetal position, shaking, crying, afraid, hoping that this feeling will pass quickly. See, I'm convinced a lot of us do not know what real love is. I'm talking about myself specifically. Not because of social media, dating apps, or my history of situationships and the casualness of it all, but because of what I have wanted to believe about love. What I have thought love looked like, acted like, and sounded like, rather than what it is. The difference between situationships and relationships is as small as a title. Temporary. The feeling of calling someone yours is of greater importance than the foundation on which the relationship is built or crumbling upon. The validation I've experienced when men text or call me, tell me they love me, kiss me, or give me an ounce of attention can be summed up to a misunderstanding. The only way to fully enjoy a person is to see them for what they are. Not ownership, not a high to sustain, not a prize to be won. Love is not what my mind's been conditioned to think it is. Affection, constant attention, titles, extreme codependency. The truth is, people are in constant flux. Emotions are incredibly unstable and romanticisms eventually fly out the window. And then what? My older sister always told me, in life you are left with yourself. Always. I've never fully understood what she meant or if she could relate to my addiction. It wasn't until recently, in the practice of sitting with myself in this new sobriety, I understood her words. No man can fill the emptiness that is forever lingering inside me. The emptiness I've tried to cover up with fleeting relationships. I am faced with the very thing I've been resisting now. Being sober has given new meaning to the chase, no longer in pursuit of what feels good, but rather what is good for me. Making peace with the fact that the most important relationship I could ever have, the only sustainable one, is the one with myself. Thank you guys so much for listening to the last episode of the Layovers podcast for June. You can find more from Ifoama at Ify Odom on Instagram. That's I-F-Y-O-D-U-M. And as always, thank you guys so much for listening. It means the world to me. 
You can like, subscribe, comment if you like the podcast. And if you're not already subscribed to our newsletter, go to thelayover.com to get updates. We'll be accepting submissions for July on Friday. I cannot wait to reveal the theme and also see what you guys cook up for July. See you next week.